This talk is given by Vanessa Zvise Goddard, a writer and lay Zen teacher based in New York City. This talk, like all of Zvise's talks, is offered freely. If you'd like to make a donation, find out more about Zvise's teachings, or sign up for her newsletter, please visit her website at vanessasvisegoddard.org. Thanks for listening. May the merits of these teachings benefit all beings. May these words help and not harm. May they clarify and not confuse. May they self-liberate, leaving no trace of me. I wanted to start with this quote by the very quotable Pema Chodron. Fear is the natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. Fear is the natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. And I wanted to start with this because um, I wanted to pick up on a couple of things that I said in my, in my last talk. Um, actually, maybe starting with something that I didn't say. And that is that uh, the steps that I delineated last week, fail, fall, feel, you know, they aren't technically shikantaza. Shikantaza, as you know, is silent illumination, just sitting with bare awareness, or as some contemporary teachers have called it, the methodless method of zazen, right? So you're, you, you really are thinking, non-thinking. You're sitting without focus, without an object of meditation. But because this is not an easy practice by any means, and implicit in the instruction, think non-thinking is the question, how? How do you do this when the mind is thinking all the time? I wanted to um, give a kind of a scaffolding, a way for us to enter into what is not an easy, it's a simple practice, but it is not easy. Right, to sit without goal, without focus, without striving. And to do that day after day, week after week, year after year, in the trust that there is nothing that we need to fix, nothing even to realize, really, fundamentally. You know, most of us are going to need just a little more, right? a, a little more help, a little way, uh, a way to enter as I said, in a way to gradually embody that trust, to practice, to cultivate embodying that trust. And not to mention that, you know, in all honesty, most of us will need something to do during our zazen, however subtle, at least for a while. Otherwise, we, we, the, the danger is that we just drift here and there, right, like clouds. Although, as you'll see, that is partially the point. And so, as I was reflecting on this, and I was observing my own sitting practice, I came up with these three steps. Fail, fall, feel to try to describe what is necessary to do this kind of sitting. 
And those of you who've been listening to my talks know that I have another set of steps, in this case, to deal with difficult feelings, right? Attend, allow, accept. And you know, I used to make fun of this, um, what I considered as very, very American uh, insistence on really spelling things out, right? Creating these sorts of lists that you can then condense into memorable acronyms and you can post them on your fridge and print them on cards and put them on your, on your desktop. <laughs> you know, it always felt a little, a little cheesy, you know, a little self-helpy. But as I untighten with age, I hope, and hopefully with practice, I've begun to see it just a little bit differently. And especially once I started reading the Vajrayana teachings, and so the teachers there, they're, they're not afraid at all to spell things out, to break them into, into very manageable, actionable steps. And in one way, neither are the sutras, right? I mean, they not be so focused on alliteration, but they are often saying, this is what you do first, and then this, and then this, and then this. And it's not really linear, step-by-step step like that, but they do break things down. And Zen has this style of just cutting through, right, of directly pointing, which is incredibly powerful and effective once you get the hang of it. But to get there, you, you do need to set the ground. And I've been reflecting a lot on my own practice and on my own early days of practice and the many things that I felt I had to learn, I had to figure out on my own, that it wouldn't have been too bad to get a little bit more um, explicit explanation, I guess. So I see now you know, the benefit of creating aids to practice because I've done it. I've done it for many years in, in my own practice. You know, the, my own tools, my own tricks at times to inspire myself, to encourage myself, to direct myself when I don't know what's going on in, in my own, in the solitude of, of my own zazen, right? Being my own teacher. Because every single one of us has to sit down on our cushion right, with our own mind and work things out for ourselves ultimately. But if there are tools that can help us, then we don't have to start from scratch every time. But even these steps that I delineated, fail, fall and feel, they're not that easy to do actually. And it's one thing to say fail completely and quite another to do it. I mean, I don't like failing at all. I never have. And it's really taken me not having a choice, right? Not being able to pretend that I can manipulate a situation to come out looking better, to see that I can survive what we call failure, what we think is failure and more. Really, really, that the only thing I can't survive is death, 
and I'm not supposed to. I mean, at least not in this form. Everything else, everything else I can work with. It's not so easy to fall either, which I equated with, with free diving, right? going deep into our body and mind. And probably the single thing I hear most often from students is, I want to go deeper in my practice and I don't know how. Let go. Let go, let go, let go. Let go of the life jacket because otherwise you'll just keep floating around. But again, how? Let go of what? And what does that mean to let go? You know, the what, it really is of everything, at least while you're doing Zazen. And I think we hear this. I mean, I certainly heard it and nodded. <clears throat> and then I sat down and I held on for dear life. Because my thoughts seem too real. They're too compelling and they're too pressing, it seems, to release. It makes me think of that koan between Zhao Zhao and a monk uh, called um, Yan Yang. Yang Yang asks Zhao Zhou, what is it? No, how is it when nothing comes up? And Zhao Zhou says, we'll cast it off. And Zhao Zhang says, what, when nothing comes up, how can you cast it off? And Zhao Zhou says, well, then carry it with you. And they're talking about emptiness, right? And not holding on to the idea of emptiness. Zhao Zhou is pointing to the trap that holding on to emptiness or really any idea is, but... But if you think about it, it also really applies to anything we hold on to in our lives. You know, a teacher says, let go, and a student says, I can't. Okay, well, then carry it with you. You know, when I was a kid, I would say to my dad, dad, you know, if I hurt myself, I would say, if I lift my arm, it hurts. And my father would say, well, then don't lift it. Thanks, Dad. But in a way, it's true. If you can let go, well, then carry it with you. And it's okay. It's okay to carry it with you. But we can also look closely at this I can't, because what it's based on is fear. And that's really what I wanted to go a little deeper into. Tonight, I, I touched on it. You know, I want to be free of failing. I really do. But I'm also afraid of what will happen. If I, if I truly let myself fail. I want to go deep. I want to fall into myself into practice, into this vastness that I can't really contain, I can't frame. But I'm afraid that if I do, I won't come back in the light of day. We've talked about this point, this moment, 
where you're just at the edge of letting go in your zazen and something happens and it just pulls you out. And I'm definitely afraid to feel because what if it overwhelms me? And accompanying this fear is also the conviction that if we still feel it, the fear, or if we feel pain or loneliness or impatience or resistance, then we must be doing something wrong. Because surely enlightened people don't feel these things anymore. Surely they're free of them, right? Otherwise, what's the point of practice? Well, it's certainly not to be numb and it's not to stop feeling. It's to feel completely and continue. To fail and continue. To fall and continue. To feel and continue. Right, so it's never really about what you've seen or haven't seen, what you can or can't do. It's about continuing step by step by step. We already know that fearlessness doesn't translate into absence of fear. So in one sense, we could say it translates into continuing, into feeling afraid and not letting that stop you from doing what you want to do, what you need to do, what you aspire to do. I told the story of uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, and I told it a little bit differently, but this is the correct story because I came across it recently again. He's with a group of people and they're walking, I think in somebody's uh, crossing a yard and there's a huge dog just straining against the leash and growling and barking as they're approaching and everybody's edging away from the dog and they just keep walking you know they're going to a building and at a certain point the chain breaks and the dog starts running full tilt towards them and everybody else just freaks out scatters and runs away and Trungpa turns looks at the dog and runs straight at it, yelling. And the dog is so startled that he stops, he turns around, runs away with his tail between his legs. In one sense, that is how to meet fear. And for years, I've told this story with a bull. And I keep wondering, where did I get that from? <laughs> Trumpa facing a bull across a field. And I really build it up, the bull pawing the ground and everything. I mean, I was sure that was the story. You move toward rather than away. And, you know, the fact is you don't actually have to be heroic. Being fearless is not always like that. Sometimes that heroism is so, is so gentle or so ordinary that we risk missing it. 
You know, it's a moment where, you know, your heart starts fluttering and you still take that step. Like deciding you'll do the chant at the end of the evening on Wednesday night. Thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't, I won't. What if I make a fool of myself and you step forward? Because you want to be in your life. And I've also, also told the story of a woman who was so shy, was so painfully shy, that she never spoke in groups, ever. And she was fine with that. I mean, mostly she got through her life. But at a certain point, she got a job where that really started to affect her, her ability to do her work. Because they would be in these meetings, and there was a lot of creative meetings, and she was unable you know, to, to offer her input, even though her supervisors knew what she had to offer. And so at a certain point, she decided she was really going to take the bull by the horns. And so whenever she, she felt the impulse to say something, she would just raise both hands. And she describes the effect that this had on her, how interesting it was that doing something so in a sense, over the top, you know, a little, a little ridiculous, just was the little nudge that she needed to get past her own hesitation. Plus, there was no way that anybody wasn't going to see her <laughs> in the room. And she gradually trained herself to just speak when she wanted to. And really, ultimately, I think that... Um, being fearless really means being willing to relinquish our uh, need to be in control. It's the moment that we stop paving the world with leather and instead put leather sandals on our feet. That famous Shantideva quote. And he's speaking about the mind and training the mind and mastering the mind. So instead of controlling your environment, controlling or trying to control your circumstances, covering the whole world with leather so you can softly step. You just put leather sandals on your feet. You master your own mind. You adapt to reality rather than trying to force it, shape it into your own image. And what that requires is a fierce, I can't think of a better word, fierce willingness to stay, to stay present when you don't want to. A couple of weeks ago, um, a, a number of women got together, we had a meeting uh, for, we're calling it right now, Women in the Dharma. And so it's for women who identify, for people who identify as women, to speak about that experience from the context of practice. And it was our second meeting, and it was difficult. 
it was difficult. People had strong views with strong feelings behind them. And, you know, it's all happening in the moment and we're all trying to figure out how to navigate one another and navigate the storm. What well, was, was a minor storm, but a storm. And I felt in my body the discomfort. I felt the tightening in my stomach. And I felt a very strong urge to jump in and fix and smooth things out. And then I heard another voice in my mind say, stay, get close. And so I did, or I tried my best to stay and be present in my whole body, my whole mind with what was happening and to not let my feelings just sweep me away, to not let my fear and my discomfort lead because then it just strengthens the habit. Next time I encounter something difficult, I wanna run. Right, so this is breaking, breaking that habit. Just as we in Zazen with our stillness, we break the habit of moving away when we're in pain, where we're uncomfortable, when we're restless. It's not discipline for discipline's sake. We're training ourselves to be free. In small ways and in large ways. And of course, there are situations in which leaving is the best choice. When is the necessary choice? No, but a lot of the time we're, we're reacting we don't like to be uncomfortable and we avoid it at all costs. So next time, next time you want to run, just try it. Just whisper to yourself, stay and see what happens. This is one of the skills we're learning in the Bodhisattva Academy. Along with attend, allow, accept, fail, fulfill, stay. And so I actually want to do something we don't normally do, but I want to give you another, a practical way to do this, to cultivate this. So I'd like to just sit for five minutes. And this is the instruction. Um, go ahead and close your eyes. <coughs> and now see in your mind's eye, the sky. And let's say a, a, a day sky blue with a few clouds. And so for five minutes, you're just going to be, you can be with your breath. You can just sit there and watch the sky, whichever you prefer. But then when you notice that there's a thought, when you notice anything that moves you away, let, let's just stay with the sky, let go of the breath, just be the sky. And when you notice a thought pulls you away, just say to yourself very softly, clouds, right? That's a cloud passing by and return to being the sky. So five minutes. And I'm just gonna do one bell to start and one to end.
you know, this sky, this being the sky is really what fearlessness is, right? To be that open, that vast, which we always are. The clouds are also part of the sky. Every thought that stops us, that makes us doubt, that constricts, that pushes away, is just a cloud. Is just a cloud in all of that space. I think of what Daito Roshi used to say, right? He used to lean forward from his high seat and look at us up from the, the top of his glasses. And he would say, Zazen is not meditation. It's not contemplation. It's not quieting the mind. It's not focusing the mind. It's not mindfulness. It's not mindlessness. Zazen is a way of using your mind, he'd say. It's a way of living your life and doing it with other people. But that's already too much. And he knew that. Zazen is Zazen. And if we have to call it something, it's being that sky. And that is the constant and bewildering paradox of practice. All of these teachings, the many hours of learning and practice of sitting on your butt on that cushion and failing and falling in order to do what you've always done, in order to be who you have always been. But to do that naturally, effortlessly. So that when you do need to put effort when, when life challenges you and stretches you, when it asks of you that you do something that scares you, you can be there fully. For more talks, to get more information about Zvise's upcoming teachings, or to join her email list, please visit vanessazvisegoddard.org.